some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Start it now. Yep. Dick. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Model Club TV episode 15. Scott's going to not let me do the beginning, but here we are, episode 15. How's it going, Scott? It's great. How are you? <laughs> ah, wonderful. It's snowing out for the first time in like all winter, it seems. Yes. Getting and... ready to fire up that snow blower. Yeah, me too. We should, as soon as this is over, I have a feeling that's what I'm doing. Uh, how has your two weeks been? What have you been up to? I have not been up to a whole lot, actually. Um, been a pretty slow two weeks for me. Good. Slow is good, right? Hobby-wise and everything, so. Yeah, it's been, actually, it has not been slow for me. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. First of all, and although this will show later, uh, happy birthday to our number one fan, Phil Kupka, today. Um, it's happy his birthday, birthday, Phil! Happy birthday, Phil. Looks great for uh, 80, I think. I was going to say, what is he, um, 95 at this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, happy birthday. Good for to him. Th- He's looking great for 95. Sure. Sure. Well. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he looks great for dead. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, Phil. I hope you're having a good one out there on the West Coast. Um. So, yeah, you see anything? I heard a rumor well, you saw I, Wonder Woman. I, I saw Wonder Woman. Yes. What'd you think? And I, and I finished Cobra Kai. So, um, dang. All right. I finished second season of Cobra Kai. So, all right. I'm almost Wonder there. Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman. That is two hours and 31 minutes of my life that I will never get back. Okay. That bad. That bad. I think it was that bad. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, not to sound like a. First of all, how'd you see it? Uh, HBO Max. So you have the Max now? have the max now yes um okay i don't want to sound like a macho pig or anything like that but um (laughs) you know she's very pleasant to look at okay she's she's a beautiful woman yes she is and she makes a good wonder woman and i i don't have an issue with that part of it um would you like me to go into the thing yeah keep going oh keep going okay so let's start with the golden lasso, or shall we say the golden whip? Okay. <laughs> it's not necessarily a lasso. It's a whip. A whip okay. can be a lasso, right? It's like the Indiana Jones whip I was whip just going to say, yes, right? I was okay. just going to say Indiana Jones. Okay. All right. So I'm having some issues with the lasso in certain, like when she lassos clouds, okay, I'm like... No, what am I no, no. She lassoed Disney lightning. Movie? She lassoed lightning. She lassoed clouds too. Okay. Uh, so, all right. So there's an issue. Um, all of a sudden she can fly. Okay. That's another issue. No. Okay. Don't I don't think me. she could fly. She was using. Okay. The updrafts. What's that whole pose she was doing? That she whole... was using the updrafts of the. The, the of the atmospheric much like vultures do I yeah think. sure with what her wings okay and then this pose she was doing while she was flying like but isn't you know, that a classic wonder woman like flying pose no because wonder woman doesn't Ever, fly like jumping that's why far? she has the invisible fucking plane okay all right you want to talk about dumb invisible plane okay that's from the comics. Right. I, I, I can't go back and fix the dumb that but started. But they fixed that, right? They made the new invisible plane like make sense, right? 
Well, yeah, of. but see, I have a problem there too. So what? They just land this invisible plane wherever they want. Okay. How do you find and, it? And like, here's this guy that um, came back from World War One. Okay, which we'll get into that whole scenario too. But it's it's you know you know how long our podcasts go. So. Okay, so he comes back from World War One. He's he's flown planes from World War One that you and I could probably fly. Okay, and now I he's play enough get video games some, to where I think I could fly a plane. I really he's, do. He's got it into this modern jet. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And he's just going to take off. And then she's sitting next to him. Okay. Not behind him like most jets are. Yeah. You know, she's there. Hey, she wait, is should right. we have put a spoiler warning? Hey, spoiler warning. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, flash it up there when we start talking about it. All right. So, okay. So there's my problem with that. Uh, this whole wish stone thing. The villain bugged me first. Yeah, of all. I think that was my big thing with it. I the basing yeah. the whole movie around wishes. It's like a yes. bad genie movie or a leprechaun. I I leprechaun or something. I don't know. It just I liked the so, way it looked. I liked parts of it. It wasn't awful. I would never watch it again. Jamie okay. really liked it, so I. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, but she loves so. Um, and then the uh, the villainous okay, the longer that movie went on, and she's not a bad looking woman at all, she looked really good in this. But the way they made her up, the more it went, the more like a fucking meth addict she looked like. The hotter you get, the more meth you look, always with, the hotter well, you get. Like, what did I know? So, yeah, so the but with the makeup and the eyes, I mean, she just looked like. She'd been drugged through the fucking, uh, which brings us to Cobra Kai a little bit, you know? Okay. So, uh, wonder woman to me is a, uh, yeah, it's a thumbs down. Uh, Okay. A thumbs down from Scott. A thumbs sideways from me. I think it, it, uh, wouldn't be your first sideways thumb, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're probably right. So (laughs) that spike run with that one. Uh, <laughs> all right cobra kai <laughs> but yeah back to Co- cobra kai you got the two you got you know the tainted hoary girl and the nice wholesome chick the hoary the ho- yeah tainted and again whore spoiler alerts in my spoiler alerts oh yeah all right we're done okay um cobra kai is actually that that fight is ridiculous and if you've seen season two you know what fight we're talking about um oh yeah man that's crazy yeah, uh, but it's fun. No, See, it was fun. It was good, it, and it's supposed to. Be, it's because karate is such a dumb thing that, like, great. No, well, so all you black belts that are coming to Louisville, be sure that's not what I mean. <laughs> There's, but think about it. The '80s karate, right? When you think of karate from the '80s, it's so dumb. There's so many great like ninja movies and just karate movies, and it's dumb, but it's good dumb, and that's why I like the fights, and that's why it's stupid. And it's still okay in my book. Well, and the only issue I have with it is at one point you're rude for Johnny. And then, and the next minute you're like, you're a dumbass Johnny. And then you're rude for uh, Daniel. And then another moment you're like, you're a dumbass. So bad for Johnny though. Sometimes I'm like, man, Johnny, nobody could have the run of poor timing and bad luck that this guy. I've had close, but not as bad as him. Man. 
It's I really I'm that show surprised me. I thought it would be terrible. So let's yeah, let's move on. News and reviews. Uh I'll start. I saw a lot of stuff from alternative images. What do you know, Scott, about this Kong that he has coming out? Um, or has headed out? I think it's been out for a while. Um, and it's a uh, pretty typical Joe Ladati Kong sculpt. Um, and uh, I figured I'd throw it in here since we were doing the Kong review movies. Yeah, I guess it's a series that they have of kits. Okay. And um, I'm going to have to see some better photos of the face. Um, to see, you know, if I love it or not, but, um, you know, I mean, the, the kid itself doesn't look bad, you know, it's, uh, it's a nice series, I think. And I think you have it saved in the, um, uh, in the next slide, the stegosaurus that goes with it. Yeah. I like that stegosaurus. That's really nice. Isn't that 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 cool? Yes. I really like that. Yep. Um. So with that being said, mm-hmm. the uh, re-release of some of John's kits, is, it, is this the first batch of the ones that are coming out? Well, this is the first batch that were sculpted by Joe. Okay. And it's the She-Creature and the Monster of Piedras Blancas. I believe these were smaller scale, too. I want to say these were eight scale, but I'm really? not 100% I thought sure. they were small. Maybe. Um... I thought they were six, but we could both be. Uh, yeah, we could both be wrong. So, um, yeah, but yeah, so those are coming out, and um, yeah, I don't know how Scott keeps up with everything he's doing. All the yeah, time. he seems to be the repository at this point of long forgotten, out of production stuff, and it's a good. You know what? That's a good place to start. I've got. That's how I got one kit that I wanted a long time ago. Um, you'll see it later. I think the. Uh, Riverbottom Blackheart Lestat, an old uh, kit that he had picked up and started producing again. And there, there's a place definitely for this, for people who don't want to produce kits anymore, but there's always people that still want those kits. So if he can keep doing this, which is like with this one from Michael Allen um, from Forbidden Zone, right? The the thing? Yes, the thing. Yeah. Which I never picked that up. I just, I just never did, and I always kind of wanted to. So we'll see. There's some... St- stuff there from alternative image another movie i've never seen so um, what yeah it's, this is getting so old <laughs> another movie i haven't never seen. saw no never saw the thing wait both of them that would be correct okay all right on to what you got <laughs> what did i get oh look i even have them here so yeah. i got these this week oh you did so I'm going to be able to uh, show Oh, those are big. Okay. Um, yeah, they're a nice size. This this particular one's all one piece. Um, and these are sculpted by Michael Berglund, B-E-R-G-L-U-N-D. And, and we've got the slide with the ordering information. These were $60 a piece. And we have the Wolfman as well. So it's attached to the base? It's one solid piece? Yes, it's attached to the base. Now, the Wolfman, and I don't know if you're going to be able to pick this up. It's really bright. Oh, wait there. Yeah. The teeth are attached. So the, the you know, so the. Uh, yeah, okay. As a Wolfman's open. Okay. Okay. So what I want to explain, these are 60 bucks a piece. Okay. But they're a nice size, you know. 
Um, and for the Aurora collectors, it's a nice little tribute thing that I'm not holding to the camera and you can't see anyway because it's washing out because it's so white. So I had emailed him because we had talked about this last time about scanning and, um, you know, how 3D rendering and scanning is going to affect the hobby. And um, so I emailed him and I said, so basically you scan these and clean them up. You know, because I wanted to have the information. And his answer to me, and I'm going to read it because it'll only take a second. He said, well, yes and no. I used photogrammetry, taking hundreds of pictures of the originals on a turntable. I then processed those to get a 3D model, sort of a poor man's scanning. I cut them up, create the mountain base, and then use the scan as a starting point. The scan pretty much gives me the rough volume without any detail. Think like if you took a heat gun to wax. I use the photos as reference when I start sculpting and away I go. Okay. So it's much more than scanned and cleaned up. Makes sense? Happy to answer any questions you have. So there you go. Okay. Um, they're not selling great for him. So I don't know how many more of these we're going to see. Can't we get them up here? Um, this is not a perfect likeness. If you're looking for a perfect likeness of a Karloff Frankenstein, this is not it. Okay. If you're looking for a, a likeness of the Aurora Frankenstein, this is it. Okay. Yeah. This is really, it's fun. And we've got the color photos up there in the box. I also picked up and we had advertised this before. Oh, you got the calendar. Nice. I got the calendar. Okay. And what I didn't know about the calendar. And I think it's like a hundred. But on the calendar, there's things like um Glenn Strange, Glenn Strange's birthday, May Clark's birthday, and the year they were born. Oh, cool. Um Ray Bradbury's birthday, Mary Shelley birthday, and then release dates in the movies too, Phantom of the Opera. That's a lot of work to go through yeah. and do all that. So, uh, Mummy's Tomb release, you know. Um, oh, nice. You know, so, yeah. you know what? It, it's fun. That's a uh, fun piece. Yep. I don't know where I'm going to put it yet, but... Um, On a wall? Yeah, I, I just want to show this. So, that's an Aurora Frankenstein. So, that's what I mean is, it's not that it doesn't look like Frankenstein, and it's not that it doesn't have Karloff resemblance. Yeah. But it's not what we're used to in the garage kit world. Right. So... Maybe that's right. That, yeah. That being said, these are really clean castings, very little cleanup. Um, and this is something you could paint in a day. Maybe you should use that as one of your finished kits. Maybe I should. So, um, although I might there you be go. cheating. If you don't have to glue anything, I have to glue the mouthpieces in. You know, that's an interesting question, though, that you just brought up. So, <laughs> if you don't have to glue anything, if it's one piece, is it still a model? Yeah, I think so. Okay. A model is a, a representation of something. Okay. It doesn't have to have parts. A model kit has pieces. I just bullshitted that out of my ass. Yeah, he's And right I'm probably out. totally wrong. So, talking right out of his But ass. I think I'm totally right. So we'll go with that. Well, it would be nice to get opinions on that. Yeah, that would be good. All right. Feedback. And uh, your wolf cop. What's up wolf with this? Cop. So this is being produced by a gentleman named David Schmidt. 
um, and being cast. Have you seen Wolf Cop? This is being produced by a gentleman named David Smith. I haven't no, seen I it have either. Not. So I, I, I don't, I have not seen it either, but I know the character. I've seen the character before, but I've mm-hmm. never seen the movie. So this is sculpted by uh, Mark Fantine, and the castings are being done by Paul Gill. And um, this is being done uh, for this gentleman named David Schmidt. And cool. the kit is $110 really uh, plus shipping and handling. And I think David and Paul Gill are both on Facebook, so you can contact either of them for ordering info. Okay, cool. I don't know if it's, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's molded and cast at this point. I'm not sure how many pieces or anything. Um, I've heard this, well, I, I've heard the first, there's two wolf cops, I guess. And I, I've been told definitely came to skip wolf cop too, because it's, uh, yeah. well, this actually totally reminds me of something I want to talk about on, if you have Amazon prime, you can pay five extra dollars a month and get shutter, which is like the horror movie channel. And the best thing on shutter is Joe Bob Briggs and his movie marathons where he just plays old sci-fi horror. He's like, you know, your typical horror host kind of thing, but he's funny and there's great little nuggets of information in there. And they're on the second season. I think there's like, it's Joe Bob big, his drive-in show. And there's two episodes every new, every Friday. Uh, but they all release at one time and Wolf Cop is one of the movies in his marathon. So go watch it. I'll watch it this week. Go watch it. Wolf Cop. David Schmidt. What what I like about, um, I, I don't really know Dave. Um, I checked his Facebook page before we uh, went on, so I creeped on him a little bit. <laughs> I think he's also responsible for that old man Dracula bust where he's holding the lamp. Oh, yeah. That was his, too. Um, I think I saw some other stuff there, too. I, I just zipped through it, but it looks like yeah, he's doing stuff that he wants to, and that's what the hobby started with. You, yep. you know, Wolf Cop is not something that... I can't I, remember I if I've ever seen a Wolf Cop kit ever. Right, and Before I don't even know how old this movie is. It's like an eighties um, movie or seventies, eighties. So you know, it, it's an obscure character. We should know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should get. But I mean, it's an obscure character, so you always wonder: is it going to sell? Is it not going to sell? Um, but you know what? If if the guy, if it's a character the guy wanted to do, and and he wanted to pay for the sculpt and produce it and sell a few, this is what the hobby started out as. Okay, yep. it wasn't about. Um, you know, making money and, and hiring Jeff to sculpt everything, you know, and again, no, no disrespect to Jeff or anything there, but I mean, it was just about, I want to make this kid of this character that I want. Okay. Now I'm totally confused. There's a big surprise. There's more than there's a wolf wolf cop 2014. Oh boy. So this may be from (laughs) God. Okay. Our apologies to David Schmidt. Um, we'll get more information on this for <laughs> sure. But um But there's an old wolf cop too. I think this is the newer wolf cop. Okay. Um is there a wolf cop too? <laughs> there is a wolf cop too. There's a wolf cop, I think a wolf cop too, and then a remake of Wolf Cop. All right. I you know what? I'm sure Paul will let me know. <laughs> um what what the hell's going on? But uh, it's a nice sculpt. It's a nice boy, sculpt. Boy, we're dumb sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, but we're showing the obscure hey, stuff. Yes, you know? it is. I love stuff like that. So he, yeah, classic way to make a garage kit. Something you wanted. Right. Definitely. So, um, uh, all right. Next, and uh, what's next that you Next thing is, so, it is my entry into you think you can paint category. Uh, I found this on Instagram. And this bust, hand painted, I, I don't even know. I'm speechless. When I look at that, I'm like... I, there's no point in even trying sometimes when you see things like this. That's amazing for me. Like those tattoos, the That's face. I'm looking at the tattoos. Like, it's so dumb. <laughs> like what? What? So yeah, I'll put the name up of the person who painted it, but it's, it's really good. So there's that. It's, it's it's beautiful though it, yeah it's, it's gorgeous it almost looks like a photograph yeah it, really it does looks like a photograph and then the next thing i found you want to talk about this one because i think it's absolutely badass this is the rita's rod um i think rita's rod hot rod rita, I don't know, whatever it is um <laughs> this, this is our old who cares it's aranjo it's our old friend anthony aranjo and anthony is one of the more, if you could have an underrated modeler in the hobby, um, Anthony would be it. He really does some cool stuff. Um, and from what I could gather, this was put together with obviously pieces of other models and what have you. It's an Aurora creature, and he does have some in-progress shots of this thing. And uh, you can see in the back quarter panel there, it says Rita, which was the ship from creature from the black lagoon um but this is amazing this is I what love it's all the weathering about. on that i love the weathering yeah yep this is what it's all about and i love the cigarette and yeah well done like super kudos to anthony yes we're gonna have him on one of these days yeah yeah and, um yeah we won't get anything done but we'll have him on so. so yeah i think that does it for news and reviews and stuff we saw Um, workbench. The only thing I got is I finally finished my article for AFM. So here's a sneak peek of my finished sloth. Um, <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> I'll start by saying that. Uh, so I built the waterfall for it and it's hard for me to write articles sometimes. Cause I'm so haphazard of a painter that I kind of just, when I should take a picture of my desk when I'm done. Um, I don't like to stop. And so things just get messy and crazy, but I had ordered, I said the last episode, the UV resin, uh, back on November 23rd and it hadn't shown up. It was lost in the mail and I had to fill out. I, I got the thing to fill it out and everything. So I went and bought, you saw the last episode replacement UV resin somewhere here. I poured it on a Saturday night. No, Sunday night. It was a Sunday night. Poured it. It worked okay. Um, but I didn't have the resin dye that I had ordered from Spain. The very next day, the stuff shows up in the mail. <laughs> and I'm just like... So I ended up using it to fix something that went wrong. The one thing I'll tell people that are using it, and I should have listened to my inner brain, but I didn't. I thought... Because I had tested it a little bit, and it cures really fast with the UV light. Do it in layers. I was thinking it wasn't, it was deep enough to where I could do it in one 
quick layer. It didn't cure all the way through and it took a lot longer to cure on the bottom of it. Um, so I ended up having to do a couple more layers. I was worried you'd see the layers as the waterfall was kind of pouring into there. So that's why I didn't want to do it in layers, but it worked in layers eventually. And I ended up getting some blue dye in there. I wanted the water to look a little more cartoony, but UV resin's fun. I'm going to definitely be using that stuff a little more. Uh, I learned a lot building that up, but yeah, man. <laughs> can't wait so to see mad. more photos of the uh, waterfall itself. Yeah, you can't it's, really it's see it in cool. this photo. But. Yeah. Did this kit come with that base or that's all no, scratch? No, I mean, that's all scratch built. It's all scratch built. Um, what's the other stuff I used for this? Quick shout out. These things are a lifesaver. These texture paints from Vallejo. Um, you can make sand, mud, all that kind of stuff. And it, it beats the hell out of mixing sand with glue and painting it. It saves a ton. Oh, wow. Of yeah, it's really good. Um, but yeah, that's it for the workbench. Did you build anything, Scott? No. Okay. So, and now I can get back to my ghost of Castel Mare. I want to ask you about these texture paints. Yes. So the sand, that's obviously the color. So if you want to change no, that's the, color, not the color. paint over it, this is the color. I don't know if you can okay. See so, so then you paint it over it. Yeah, after? it's except you can wash it, you can paint it, you can do anything okay. with it. Um, that was my question. And they have tons like this is a thick mud, European mud, European thick mud, and it looks you can barely even see it. It looks like frosting, and it's it's great. I love this stuff for making bases. And but now does it, so it's good for bases, but it would kill detail if you tried to. Oh paint yeah, over. no, yeah, it's meant to do that. It's it has okay. like sand and garbage mixed in there with it like mm -hmm. that thick mud almost that looks like it has sticks and stuff in there. but you know what it's might hard. be cool is doing the thick mud as like in the base of this you know water stream here and then doing your uv oh, yeah. on top of it yeah i wonder how that would turn out yeah it would look cool so there you go yeah no it's an afm article finished no and then you're it selling feels... this to, uh, you're selling it's... this to spike or uh no i can't not yet okay not yet uh it feels so good to have something finished like that that's been hanging around my neck for too long um but yeah i get to get out of our contest of painting stuff with each other well okay painting painting with each other what do, what do we call it Technically, you started this last year, so it shouldn't count as this year's. But what? Oh, does my ghost count if I started it last year? Oh, for Christ's sake! Your ghost has been going as long as my tiny it's terror. It's be a year. Okay. All right. So this episode, we do not have a guest. Everybody, as we've promised, we are going to do emails the entire time. Emails and questions uh, that were sent in. We are backlogged on a ton of stuff, and I wanted to. You know, I felt like we were cheating some people out of the time they took to write us. Um, so I want to go through and ask questions of each other. And I feel like you said, who do I remind you of this episode? Karnak. <laughs> Karnak. I, uh, these questions have been sealed Dude. in a mayonnaise jar on Funkin' Wagnall's porch. I, I feel like Letterman. Nobody got, knows the answers. <laughs> So we'll see. This may get really boring really fast, but <laughs> if it does... Oh, I'll try to keep it. We're alive. cutting. Uh, so here we go. Um, the first person I wanted to start with was Neil DeConte. Um, and <laughs> let me just read through. 
With the way 3D printing moving to moving forward, this will be the future of the hobby for a good numbers of the modelers out there, I believe. As you touched on, the pricing of high-end 3D resin 3D printers are becoming more and more affordable. I see them becoming a commonplace with us. My wife just purchased one for me for Christmas, Frozen Transform, build area of 1575 by 11 and a half by 6.5. We decided to pick this one up for the quality of the and the build size. I'm the guy that loves the quarter scale and larger figures, so to make it worthwhile to me, this works. I've seen full-size masks printed out on this one. The 3D files are readily available, reasonably priced. Most are $15 to $25 each, and there's some true talent out there for sculptors. What I like about the whole file aspect is if you're looking around for a new piece and you see one, well, you're not limited to size restrictions. How many times have you seen the new kit come out and say, man, I love this piece, just wish it was, insert your favorite size here. With 3D files, you can purchase said file, size it to your liking, and print it out. As time goes on, I will like. I think we'll see an expansion of the 3D file side. I think we'll see files that will have alternate heads, arms, torsos, gear, and such. Already seeing a little of that. Hell, it, I wouldn't be surprised that in a few years you'll be able to purchase a file where it's jointed so you could position it into a pose you like and print it out, print it from that. The possibilities are endless. Will this ever replace garage kits completely? Completely, I doubt it. There will always be the hobbyists that would rather purchase a kit and work from that. No headaches, no overhead, no fuss, no mess. But to me, this is, an, this is opening a whole new aspect of the hobby for me. I'm learning 3D sculpting now so I can do my own figures, and it will also be great for accessories, additions to projects and such that I have. Just wanted to throw my two cents in on the subject. Love what you guys are doing with the channel. Keep up the fantastic work. Scotty needs to get his thumb out of his ass and build something, though. And <laughs> he, he has included some pictures of his uh, Mars Attacks guy that he's working on. Mars Attacks Alien. That he, it was his first successful print. We showed some of those last time. I'll show them here again. Uh, yeah, I, I got a couple people that messaged me pretty much the same thing. Uh, I think Charlie and I have been going back and forth on Charlie Robson on 3D Charlie printer Robson. stuff. Wait, Charlie Robson. Charlie Robson. Oh, I gotta get to, yeah, I gotta get some drinks up here. Um, okay. But I, I think it's going to be a tool that a lot of people are going to want to use. So, and then the other side of that is Larry Brackney said the exact opposite, saying that it's almost like when you get your first airbrush, it's really hard to get a hang of, um, especially if the models, the files don't come pre-supported because then you have to go in and support it before you print it out. And you have to basically learn 3D modeling for some of that. So there is, I mean, there's a huge steep learning curve, but I think once you're there, it's going to get to where a lot of people are going to be doing this. Yeah, Larry messaged me as well. Um, remember last episode, I had talked to Mark Kalen about um, making nameplates, you know, and if he feels threatened by the 3D thing. And Larry seems to think uh, it's actually probably pretty easy, you know, to start doing it that way. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens there. Yeah, he sent me that too. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure it would be. But sure uh, would Mark's be. plates though are so nice. Um, yeah. So who knows? Well, yeah. we'll three we'll printing. See. It's coming. All right. The next email is the next couple of emails are from Kendall Conniff. Uh, he was talking about comic strip characters. Uh, a couple yeah. comic strip characters I loved were Bill the Cat from Bloom County and Monty from Robot Man, which changed to Monty. Are you familiar with these? Robot Man, I am not. I did read the strip, though. It was kind of fun. Um, 
that he sent us. I'm not familiar with Robot Man. Bill the Cat, I am. And um, someone did do a Bill the Cat, but it never quite captured it, you know, like this photo does. Because that's what um, he said. He said he'd love to see a, cat, a kits of Bill and especially Monty in the motor-driven space vehicle, which brings a random thought to mind. Should 3D prints and busts still be called kits if there's no building involved? Look we'll at see, that. Yeah. And we that, just and that might have been where I got that idea. <laughs> you don't build a statue, or is it just semantics? Love the random banter and funny stories. Keep it up. I we just answered that. Yeah, we did. And um, but it's a good question. You know, it's a mean, very good question. Because let's say you have a prepaint and you don't like it and you repaint it. Are you modeling or are you repainting? You're you're not modeling, because we've had this fight. Uh, that's where model club came from really is right. And I don't disagree with you, but if you take something that's just not painted and painted, are you doing anything more than ceramics? No, you know, I mean, that's why I say, do you call it modeling or at that point, is it painting or is it all encompassing you're a part of the hobby? I think there is a, well, this is gonna, wow. We're already like two, one, two emails in and we're going to start a fight. Um, this is the fight I used to get in on the clubhouse a lot about the art side of it. Are you an artist if you're a modeler or a, if you paint models? And my opinion is no, you're not. You're a modeler, which is a second, like different thing than an artist. Yes, it takes artistic talent to do some of that, but I don't think you're an artist per se. I think you're a modeler. And I think modeling. It's be, a craft. It's a craft. It's Absolutely a craft. is a craft. Okay. And it's a craft. And I think a modeler is just as important as someone who is an artist and it should be kept separate to keep it important because it's completely different and you're reaching different audiences and you're using different skill sets with some overlap. But to sit there and say, I'm an artist cause I paint something like this. No, I, I think, and I'm going to get tons of hate mail for this. If you're just painting a bust, you I don't even, I mean, you're a painter too, really more than anything painting models. It's like painting a house to me at some point because you're well it's like you said you need artistic talent to do this yeah but it's not art per se it, it's well so let me ask you this okay it's not art per se and and here's where the area to me gets a little gray okay you take a uh a, a frankenstein or a dracula and you paint it okay for the most part it doesn't always happen but for the most part you you, you have something to follow you know, the inside of the cape is red or gray and he's flesh tone and he's, you know, um, you know, he's got black hair or he's got dark brown hair or whatever. You know, there's something to follow on a lot of these kits. Now, if you take a bust that someone has sculpted of an original idea and then you put your own paint scheme to it, is that closer to art? No. I think you know, the closer part to art there is the guy... Sculpting, sculpting his original yeah. his original idea okay. well still i still see like, i still think sculpting a frankenstein is art it's just a question of your sculpting a known yeah. entity that's different I, I think that's a different thing but my modeling is a separate thing than being an artist to me so. i i don't know Disagree, write me. Next time we can talk more about that. The art maybe this would we'll be a good subject show. to have, but I, we'll yeah, I, I don't know because there's man, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, when you see some of the guys that create 
whatever, you know, super diorama bases and, and, uh, you know, stuff like Neil does. And yeah, and, see that. And that's, again, that's like, a, to me, that's like a modeler. When we went to that international model show mod, like that's, I don't know how to compare it. So the sofa show, the sculptural objects and for, and functional art show in Chicago versus that when you're making like, dude, this is going to go. <laughs> so if you're making ceramics, if you're a ceramicist and you're making a pot, mm-hmm. look I, at me all chilled, by the way. I know they're like, to me, that's still more of a craft type thing. Unless you're using that to, to me for an, to be an, an, an art object, you should be trying to convey an idea or a feeling or tell a story or, or something like that. And that's what I tell my students. And then when you're, if you're just making something, like if you're painting a model kit, there's none of that in there. Usually. Yeah. You're trying to make it look like the movie, trying to make it look creepy, but there isn't an overarching idea to it in terms of what an artist would be trying to do. You're trying to make it look cool. You're trying to make it look good or real. Well, I think the important thing here is to, you're not, insulting anyone's ability to paint no not not at all anything like that no because there's certainly different levels if anything it's the opposite and i want modelers to be their own separate amazing thing and just it i think people get hung up with the term artist like i want to be an artist because they think it's better than being a modeler whereas i think a modeler is just as cool and just as important as being an artist. Does that make sense? Or is that totally stupid? It, it does. Um, hey, it comes down to what you just said. Artist sounds better on a resume. Yeah, it's, it's totally what it a, does. Yep. You know, or it sounds, actually, it sounds better on Facebook. But, so, um, anyway, <laughs> Kendall, see what you did? And we got a couple more from Kendall. And Kendall is truly a modeler. Yeah, he's Kendall's got, that, and that's that, what we're going to about to get rattlesnake, right there. Um, Land of the Giants rattlesnake. And then his, you'll see one second. <laughs> Kendall's still going. Hey, Jason, here's another random thought you may or not, may or may not want to address on your show. It's not about models, but it's about Scott. And since the show is about you guys, as much as models, here it is. It was funny listening to Scott dismiss, dismiss Bigfoot. So I wonder if he believes in UFOs, ghosts, cryptids, or any other weirdness of our world. Scott, what let's say. What are cryptids? <laughs> Cryptids are things like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, Mokli Amembe, uh, the Mothman, any sort of. No, I wanted to believe in the Loch Ness Monster, but I just think that the myth outgrew it. So I I don't think there's anything there. I think. um, So anything, UFOs, ghosts. What about ghosts? Ghosts, maybe to a point. Yeah. You've seen a ghost. To the point where like a lot of these shows, like my wife watches and stuff. I watch all of them. I think a lot of that is staged and, and stuff like that, but um, a couple of them, I think are, you know, I, I don't know if you'd call it ghosts or spirits or what you would want to call it, but um, I've had some stuff happen to me ghost wise <coughs> that I can, I don't know, do a, man, this is going to be a long, like I, I always, I don't, I don't, I guess I look at it as a ghost or spirit. Um, and we have a local uh, thing here, Resurrection Mary, um, is a local ghost yeah. story or whatever. And now he said, I'd stop and pick her up. I'd talk to her because <laughs> it would be interesting to me. I don't think okay. she'd get in the car with you. Actually. And I think that's the problem. Though. I, I think 
if there is a spirit or a ghost, I don't think I'm the type of person that they're going to come for because I want to know their story. I want to talk, you know, I'm, I'm not someone you want to haunt because I'm not totally disbelieving, you know, and I don't know that they're necessarily here to haunt. See, that's the thing. A ghost to me could be, you know, it, it's not something that's jumping out of the screen, screaming at you. So, right. so it's, it, I don't that's know why I say I, spirit. Okay. I lived in a haunted house in college and I went to sleep every night listening to someone walk in the attic that wasn't there. And it's called a squirrel. Yeah, it could have been, but it, there was that. And then my, my craziest ghost story, I'll keep it fast. I used to go to this. <laughs> I used to go to Detroit once in a while to go to a goth club in Detroit. And they, this, this, and I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> so this, it was in the bottom of the Leland hotel. So if you go, it's right near the football stadium. Um, I think it's, I think they just tore it down or condemned it or something. But when you walked in there, it was, we would always go in the winter and it was like the shining, like you could see your breath in there. Cause it never turned the heat on a bunch of transients lived in there. It was this creepy old hotel nothing worked and some other weird stuff happened in there but we had gone we had gone down and came back upstairs and i decided to lay on the couch and go to sleep and my and there's an abandoned the fourth floor or third fourth floor completely abandoned right they wouldn't let people in there turns out later we found out it was jimmy hoffa's nightclub was in this hotel and it was the first place they went looking for him after he disappeared totally side story so I'm sleeping on this couch. My friends had left to go down into this abandoned floor and sneak in there and take pictures. And I fall asleep and I wake up and a woman walks in the room that looked like an old, like old woman with like really gray scraggly hair. And there's a little kitchenette in the, <laughs> in the, in the kitchen. And there's a bottle sitting on the, on the counter. And she picks up the bottle, sets it down and goes, where are your friends? And I said, oh, they're downstairs exploring. And she goes, okay. And turned around and walked out of the room. Now, was I dreaming? I don't know. But it was the most real thing I've ever seen in my life when I woke up. So when I got back, when they, my friends got back, they're like, I go, hey, the mop lady was here looking for you guys. And she, they're like, what are you talking about? The mop lady. And I'm like, yeah, the mop lady was here looking for you. So then I just go to sleep. And the next morning, they're like, dude, what were you talking about? The mop lady. I'm like, oh my God this lady looked like she had a mop on her head because that's what her hair looked like, an old mop. Then I found out later, there's a thing called the old hag syndrome. Everyone Google it. An old hag syndrome where they, you see an old lady at the foot of your bed. And that's exactly what I saw 100%. How much alcohol was involved? I was sober. My ass, you were sober. So the other thing, what about UFOs? I'm trying to get through this. <laughs> UFOs. Um... God, I don't know. Got, uh, I'll given say this. About even UFOs. the way the world is right now, if they're checking us out now. I'm telling you, it's coming. Um, the, new, the new videos that came out recently from the Navy, um, pretty interesting, that the Pentagon released. Um, I have a book recommendation. I've, I had this, this book. Uh, it's called UFOs, Generals, Pilots, and Government Officials Go on the Record. And it's just nothing but interviews with pilots, pilots airline pilots from around the world. Air Force pilots from around the world who've seen stuff. And it's a really good book. Um, it's not your typical, I saw a UFO. It's pretty crazy shit. So, all right. So Scott is not a believer in most things, it seems. 
correct? Well, no, ghosts, you know, Maybe. like I said, spirits, yes. No Bigfoot. UFO, no Bigfoot. No, get it out of your fucking head. Okay. All these crazy go hunters. Squatching, are, Scott. Let's go squatching. Let's go squatching. Crossbowed that bastard already. Okay. The Loch Ness Monster, nothing lives that long. Okay. I, I, come on. I think it's an eel or something weird like that. That, but still doesn't live this long. So it would have to be something. Well, no, that, I think it's just a species of eel that's pretty big or something weird. I love Loch Ness monster stories, and oh, I, I loved it. Be as so a kid, cool. I loved yeah, it. absolutely. I, I love the idea of it, the magic of it. Yeah. But it's uh, it's like a conspiracy theory story, you know that, yep. that I you love. But it's um, <laughs> it, it's you know, it, look, come on, let's, yeah, let's, come on. All right, so Kendall's last email. Me again. <laughs> he sent three. Uh, here's my last build. I showed this on a couple of Facebook groups and it was a hit. So I thought you guys and your viewers would enjoy it, especially you, Jason, since you actually build things. LOL. Uh, after I, <laughs> after I made the land of the giants, Kendall custom, don't want to get on the show. I can see that right I'll now. I'll put them on anytime. I'll put them the on anytime. no show list. <laughs> Kendall Conniff. After I made the land of the giants custom base, which was my first attempt at styrofoam carving. I wanted to make a castle. I'm looking for a piece of cardboard so I can put Kendall's transgressions against me. Because <laughs> we did get a lot of oh, comments we did. about that. Um, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos from guys who make terrain for wargaming and some Italians who make incredible miniature ruin dioramas out of styrofoam. I want to stop there. Everybody, if you want to learn how to make really cool bases, go watch miniature wargaming terrain building videos on YouTube. There are tons of cool stuff in there. Same for the vines. I found a woman who makes miniature miniatures that made vines out of twine and hemp rope. Monkey see, monkey do. I had already built the Mobius Death Dealer in 2019, so it made a perfect subject for a castle base. I'm really cheap, so I made most of my own terrain stuff. Sawdust for moss, which I why didn't I don't know why I had ever not thought of that. Sawdust for moss, hemp fiber, grasses, dirt, and gravel from my yard. He has hemp fiber from his yard. I was just going to ask that same question. Okay. We should probably give me his address. I'll have the cops over there tomorrow. Let's talk about me not building nothing. (laughs) The leaves on the vines were made from plastic fern. I cut individual leaves from the fern and glued them on one at a time. It took a couple hours, but I think the results are worth it. I'm really thrilled at how the door came out. I used a dull pencil to carve in the grain in the styrofoam. The hardware was sculpted with avies and the ring is twisted solder. Hope you like it. And it inspires your viewers to try new things. Definitely. I really like. I really like the whole thing, the way it comes together and it, the brick wall, especially I think looks plastic and that's not a knock. It looks like you would get, it looks like you would get in a plastic kit that goes along with the death dealer itself. You know, it still looks little, realistic, uh, but I really like the way it like fits with the kit. You notice the little crest or whatever on the wall matches. Those yeah. Messages of shield. shield. Yeah. That's, that's a cool, it's really cool build. Well done, Kendall. Um, yeah, for only being your thing. second time carving full, like come on, that's yeah, really great. really good. Talk so, about me more, Kendall. That's really good. We won't mention you again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from Larry Bailey. Hi guys, I really enjoy watching the show. The banter between you two and others at times is great. On one of the last episodes I watched, I finally caught up. You guys were telling what kits you'd like to see made and have not been done yet. I wanted to give you some of my own. Since I'm a huge Hammer fan, they're all from Hammer films. They are as follows. Now, I'm not a Hammer expert by any means. So if I get these pictures in the wrong place, when I do these, please 
bear with me. His number one choice would be Peter Cushing wearing a mask to hide his identity in Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. I think I know which part he's talking about because I painted one of those for a foul signal a long time ago. Yeah, so I know which I, I know which one that is. Uh, David Prowse is the creature in Horror of Frankenstein. Now, I don't think I've ever seen that before, and I think that's pretty cool looking. Uh, Barbara Shelley is vampire in Dracula, Prince of Darkness, but would be okay. Bust or full, but full fig, bust would be okay, but full figure would be better. Horse Jackson as Captain Kronos in Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, not having a recognizable face. This would have to be be a full kit, full figure kit with a nameplate. Peter Cushing and Susan Denberg from a promo photo for Frankenstein Created Woman. The scene was never actually in the movie, but is well-known photo. Uh, six, Damian Thomas as Vampire, Count Karstein in Twins of Evil, bust or figure. Number seven, what he would like to see would be Douglas Wilmer and Kirsten Lindholf from Vampire Lovers. Baron Hartog beheads the first vampire, full two-figure kit. Uh, Michael Ripper as Long Barrow in The Mummy Shroud. Please somebody do a Michael Ripper kit. Buster figure. Also, Catherine Lacey as uh, Haiti, the fortune teller. But because you really don't see a good shot of her outfit since she's mostly film sitting, also possibly a kit done from the poster with the multi-size figure similar to the hammer kits done by Stuart Jackson. I really like that mummy cover of that DVD that's in there. Uh, Ralph Bates, Dr. Jekyll in full dressed outfit with top hat from Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Uh, yeah, I do have more ideas, but this is enough for now. Thanks, Larry, because really when we did that episode, we didn't get a lot of top 10 lists from people. I think you're one of just a few. So thanks for sharing those. Uh, Jason, don't bother asking Scott if he's seen any of these movies because we both know he hasn't. Have you seen you any are of correct, them? sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Jason, is that model box of Tremors on the shelf behind you an unbuilt model? Would you be interested in selling it? I've been looking for that kit for years. Yes, that is a Tremors kit. And I already told him, no, I feel bad. But I actually, that's the one I want to build for one of our builds that we do for this year. So yeah, there is a geometric Tremors way back there. Uh, he also included the pick of Universal Kit produced by Horizon is for Scott, uh, the monster. And the kit produced by the late great Mike Parts is Parks is for Jason. Both were built and painted by me. Those are some pretty cool kits builds. They are. Thank I you. Still Larry. hate the feet, the legs and feet on the Horizon <laughs> Frankenstein. Why do you hate the legs and feet on the Horizon Frankenstein? I, I don't know. They look. They just don't look proportioned right. They, they do just... look a bit short. But I don't know if that's not, are they always like that or is that the camera? Compare it to a Billiken and you'll see what I mean. Okay. Okay. That's the best way I can say. And I'm not saying it's a horrible kit. I own it. I've bought it and sold it many times. Um, I just, I'm I'm not a fan of the feet and the legs and, um, but like the coat up is, is, it is beautiful. It's really a nicely sculpted piece. Yeah, it is. I just don't like the way the legs and feet looked. So. But I liked it enough that I own it, so I can't complain too much. I guess. What's your opinion on the Hammer Monster versus the Universal Monster? Like looking at those side by side, do you just hate? Like, is there a deep hatred for that Hammer Monster? Used to be. Used to be. Used to be. Is it growing on um, you? It. It's. Um, 
I don't want to say it's growing on me. I, to me, the the monster will always be the Karloff monster or the Jack Pierce makeup, you know, flat head, big brow, neck bolts, monster. That will just always be the monster to me. Um, but as I get older, I get a little more open-minded. Really? And, it's usually the opposite. And I, I know, it's, it's crazy. So I can look at the hammer stuff and say... Um, yeah, you know, it's not terrible. Now, I will say this. Um, the only Hammer movie I've seen is Curse of the Werewolf. And I always hated the way that werewolf looked, because to me it was always, the Wolfman was Lon Chaney Jr. And But when I saw that movie, and it's not a bad movie, you know, the Hammer movie wasn't horrible. Um, once I saw the movie, I didn't hate the 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 look of the character as much, if yeah. that makes sense. Yep. So, um, but to me being a universal fan, the, you know, the, the Frankensteins or the monster, whatever you want to say is it's still always that classic makeup for me. I don't know why I don't, I have not seen the hammer always looked dirty to me. Or is that just me? Not dirty in terms of, you know how 70s movies and 60s movies have that kind of dirty look to them? Mm-hmm. And not film grain, but just like everyone looks sweaty. That's that's what the oh, Hammer movies are. They were like. all made overseas, too. They yeah, made, I, yeah. So Okay. All right, this email is from Logan, a.k.a. Scuzzfink. Oh, joy. <laughs> Logan, you can get him for that. Uh, I enjoy your show. Maybe not anymore after that slight. Uh, I enjoy your show. I wonder if you could. Whoa, 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 whoa. stop. stop. After that slight, have you seen what this guy does to me on the clubhouse? (laughs) Okay. Have you seen what people do to me? Well, no. Yeah, okay. Uh, I enjoy your show. I wonder if you could mention some producers who have passed on. I know they do it on the clubhouse, but maybe it would show it would show how it started out with people like Mike parts, et cetera. Um, yes, we want to do more of that. Um, I'd love, I think if we did get, could we get Donnie on here after your skunk incident? I wanted to bring it up when you call her and see what she'll say. Okay. No, I think there, I mean, there are a ton of people that have passed on and we could do a whole show of like olden times, but like, I don't want to be depressing about it. Um, well, that and it keeps happening. So it it's does like, keep happening. And I don't want to jinx anybody either. Um, but I do want to get some of the old producers that aren't around anymore. And I have a couple, there's some of them that are still around and there's a few I want to reach out to um, and do like a, a better job of history type shows. Um, that's originally what kind of what we we're going to do with Terry, but he stopped coming on. I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, no, L- Logan, we want to work on that. He's too busy hand printing the magazine now. He's, <laughs> He's chiseling each one out of chiseling out of each one out of a stone and a yeah, uh, all stone carved lithograph. Yeah, Fisher's sitting there going, "Keep going, you moron." Okay, <laughs> I wouldn't be in this hobby without Horizon and Screaming and One Time Revel. In those days, I had no interest in resin. The hobby to me is becoming more isolated, which is good, which is not good. Sure, at first it was. And how it really got big then, now it just feels much smaller. With AFM going digital, it's sad. Um, 
yeah, it's it is sad. It, it is sad. <laughs> it's it, yeah. more isolated. Um, the stuff's out there. You just have to, you know. Again, the nice thing about the clubhouse was it was a central place where everything was, and same with Buck's site. It was a nice site where you can go and see all the um, yearly kits. And we, we don't have it anymore. No, yeah, I, I do. I think it was inevitable. Everything comes falling apart at some point. Uh, well, yeah. I do see, you know, I could see it coming back together at some point, too. Well, that's what we're trying to do here. I, I wouldn't it be great if everyone showed up on the clubhouse again one day and just said, eh, Facebook's garbage. Uh, Scuzz says, look up where are the tunes now, He-Man. So we just did. Everybody should go ahead and do that on your own free time. I think that's more Jason's uh, <laughs> dream girl, not mine. Uh, yeah, Scott has a dream girl in there. Well done. Thanks for writing us, Logan. Our next email is from Greg Domian. I think it's Domian. Could be Domain. I think it's Domian. Not Domain. It's Domian. I said it right. All right, from Greg. Guys, I have to say this was your best episode to date. I think that was last episode. Uh, funny as hell, I had tears in my eyes from Scott's stories. Oh my, uh, keep up the good work and don't stop. I am not sure about others who comment on your show, but I actually look forward to them as long as they allow me to relax in the evening. As I watch them, love your back and forth banter, no matter what you are talking about. But this episode was by far the most entertaining Scott. You have a special talent for telling stories and can't wait to hear more. Dude. I've been saying I'm the talent for how long? Wow. <laughs> as a list of transgressions. <laughs> Don't don't be uh don't be a hater, okay? You know. Yeah. All right. You know, maybe I know. we'll have anyway. the Scott Johansson fan club and the God, Jason start Walker it, fan. Start club. it. I don't care. And we'll see who has the most. No, I have enough people hating me right now that. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> I'm not gonna have a fan club at all. I'm gonna have no. the opposite, and I'll be happy about it. Uh, but this episode was by far the most entertaining. Scott, you have a special talent for telling stories, and can't wait to hear more. And the list of transgressions on a piece of cardboard was the cherry on top. Almost fell out of my chair. I too have lists of things, not transgressions written on all sorts of things strewn about the office. So I am where with you there. So yeah, I, I love the transgression. <laughs> Maybe he's got an Excel sheet I can borrow. All right. Um, yeah. Transgressions. Excel <laughs> sheet. And <whoa. laughs> yes. uh, here we go. King Kong. Scott, I wholeheartedly agree with you that there is no other than the original 1933 version. We just covered this. Nothing compares. The De Laurentiis version was a joke, and the new CGI remakes are nice to watch with the high-defined details, but nothing compares to O'Brien's masterpiece. There is just something immersive when I watch the original that I can't get in the newer stuff. Unfortunately, today's generation does not have the patience or the ability to understand how groundbreaking, groundbreaking the original was and how it affected people who saw it back then. My friend's mom would tell us how when she first saw the movie as a kid, it scared the crap out of everyone that, and they would run from the theater like people did when The Exorcist first came out in the 1970s. No one had seen anything like it before and was mind-blowing to them. This guy apparently is a genius. Okay. <laughs> I think you guys should go on a date as well. <laughs> I think you should... Hold hands, watch King Kong together in the theater. Hey, you didn't hold my hand when we saw King Kong in the theater. Yeah, we did go see King Kong in the theater, remember? I did, I do. With the late, great... Bill Harrison. Yeah. See, yep. there's... Man, 
Yeah. Uh, I, I get that. I mean, I, there is a charm to that. Could you imagine thinking King Kong's real? <laughs> Being scared and have to run out of there? Oh, man. Even The Exorcist. As a kid, yeah, now I laugh my way through that. Uh, which you haven't seen, so we can't even talk about it. On a side note, I am the same with Godzilla. I only have a love for the 54 version, not with Raymond Burr, even though it was the first version we ever saw. I, of course, saw all the others, but nothing ever came close like the original version of him. I had a hard time watching the new Godzilla and trying to believe this is him not going to work. There we go. The guy is a genius. We should have him on. We should. <laughs> we should. To me, the first Godzilla... I, I know the first Godzilla movie you saw in the theater, which was Godzilla versus the Cosmic Monster in 1977. I was three. I never saw an original Godzilla movie in the theater. Really? Nope. I saw 84. I remember seeing 84 in the theater then. I, a friend of mine, I remember he went and saw Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla one of the original that, that was cosmic monster they changed it for was him. it okay yeah. and um it was at washington square mall i remember yeah, and that's maybe where he went yeah. and saw it too um but it's i don't remember um ever going to see any of those toho movies on the big screen i've never seen any of them on the big screen either the so. only part i actually remember from seeing it in the theater was when the piece of skin falls off and you see the robot underneath and i was like what uh so yeah okay questions he's got questions for us let's see we're ready let's let's see if you still like him so much uh scott we know you have a large collection of models but have you ever built any yes about how many wait hold on two you're gonna hold hold up one i gotta see if i can reach this because this is gonna be relevant don't show my belly how can i not it takes up the whole front like come on At least you're wearing pants. Thank God. Okay, Greg. This is for you. Look at that. He painted a Godzilla. That's a pretty good job, too. 54. 54. What is that? that, Kyoto? Kyoto, yep. Mm -hmm. I need to get one of those. I don't have one of those. The only thing I didn't do is seam the fins in the back. That's like, come on. Okay. Uh, but you have built more than that, right? Yeah. Okay. Not a lot more, but yeah, sure. He said, if so, can we see it or them? <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I've showed the creature bust. <laughs> and you can go to Amazing Figure Modeler number 15 in the Reader's Gallery. <laughs> and uh, there's two kits that I built in there. As a matter of fact, I like to kid my friends like Jason and Steve and Thad. Um, I was an AFM before all of them. That's true. That's true. So, there you go. But <laughs> um, yeah, I was in the Reader's Gallery. Okay. Is your collection mainly figures or are vehicles such as cars, tanks, planes part of the collection? Mostly figures or pulp culture, pop, pulp, pulp culture, pop culture related type things. Um so figures, but I was a fan of stuff like the Tom Daniels stuff, the Red Baron car, the Paddy Wagon, the uh, Jinx Express, the Dragon Wagon, the Rommel's Rod. Um, 
I did like a lot of that Tom Daniels stuff, beer wagon. So I have some of those um, cool. as well. I did build car models as a kid, um, but it was always something like that. I always had to, I always had to have a little twist on it. I didn't just go buy a 74 Barracuda and build it. I had no interest in that. I, I needed something that had a twist, you know, and that, that was the cool thing about the Tom Daniels stuff. It, it always so had a little Next question he has kind of in there. Why don't you building? So what's your excuse for not building? Well, because now I'd ruin the joke. But um, the excuse for not building is uh, the excuse I think a lot of us have, and we've we've covered it before, is um, as much as uh, David did for the hobby with his videos, he also scared the bejesus out of you and said, oh, man, if mine ain't going to look like that when I'm done, I don't want to paint them. Really? You know? Yeah. And um, so then you start buying what I call uh, shit. Okay. When I, when I say shit, I, I shouldn't call it shit, but you know, stuff that um, you look at and go, well, I can paint this and it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And, and case in point, these, these busts I just got. Okay. Um, you know, I can just have fun and, and throw some paint on those and, and be done. They don't. That's have to weird. Leave. I would never think that the that his videos would do that to somebody. I found I mean, them truly yeah. like like oh my god. One day I want to do that. Well, yeah, and, and they not, were like scare me, you know. And um, yeah, they were. But it, it, it's there's a part of me that says if I'm not good, I'm just gonna give up, you know. And it's so that's why I buy a lot of things that I look at and go, well, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, again, like I just showed you, and I'm not knocking this gentleman's bust at all, but I'm just saying super deformed kits, whatever, stuff like that. You know, that's all stuff you can paint. That's why I started out buying the Mike Parks kits when I did. I said, well, these will be great little pieces to practice on. It doesn't matter if they're not perfect. Yeah. They'll still look funny, you know. And, uh, you know, 20 years later, I'm still painting one, but they're building one. But it's... um, I, I. I kind of want to jump in and answer this question too, because he has my questions coming up and I, I do not build nearly as many models as I used to. And it's weird. I like from, I would say 92 to 90 to about 2000, 2000, 2001. I built models all the time for myself at about 2001 ish. I started doing them for commission work and that took up every minute I ever had was for commission work. Then in 2009, I went back to get a master's degree in sculpture and that took up all of my time. And now I, then I got involved in the union at work, negotiated three contracts and that ate up all of my time. So there's this giant gap where I might build like two kits a year versus what I used to like, it's just, I don't have time anymore. And now this <laughs> people don't know, like doing this. And then I spend two days editing, trying to make this look like not terrible. So it's like, I have this giant gap that I really hate because you'll see in the pictures I'm about to show for his questions. There's this, there's a lot of older kits and then there's some new ones. And there's this big giant gap of time where I've, I've built, I saw the ad for the big heads. And the Metalona Mutant being one of the ones he has left. And I've always wanted to do one of those for myself. I've painted two of those for other people. I've painted a bunch of big heads for other people. I have none for myself. And that 
oh, it bugs me now that I go back and like think. Because I didn't really make, it probably got my rent a couple times, but here's the other question. How many rooms take up the storage of these kits for you, Scott, for your collection? So and I'll try to take a picture so you can post it. Yeah, but in my basement, Jason's been in my basement. There's two six foot racks that are. Um, a rack means something entirely different to me. So if I was in your basement with the racks. The fucking freak show, folks. Sorry. I used to work at a, on a um, thing called the rack. So never mind. So anyway, I have, I have two shelving units that are full of resident vinyl kits. And then I have another smaller shelving unit that. Um, pretty much houses all the styrene and a lot of my styrene stuff is doubles. Like I have like some of the polar light stuff. I have like six of, and, and it's stuff. not like a small basement. You have like, a, no, I do have a, it's a, a giant basement filled. With my- and then I also have a, a large wall full of um, boxes that contain pre-paints. Um, I have a lot of pre-painted superhero statues, Bowen statues and stuff. So it, it definitely takes up a lot of room, but it, it's not, it's, it's kind of controlled in that, it, it's not as bad as you'd think, um, but I've reboxed a lot of things and put stuff in bins and, you know, combined things um, into bigger bins. So, like, I don't have all these separate, like, I have some of George's bust. I can fit three in a big bin. Yeah. And it just makes more sense than having three separate giant boxes, you know. So I did a lot of that to condense down. Um and I think my recent count was about 720 kits total, styrene, resin vinyl. But it also, again, it, it's there's doubles on a lot of the styrene. And um, so that would probably knock that number down at least 100 if I took out the doubles. All right. Do you collect anything else of significance? Well, yes, I just, you know, the Bowen uh, pre-paints a lot. Of, you know, I collect pre-paints. Um, little stupid figures, and I'll post a picture here of my room where I sit and do this lovely filming. And it's it's just a <laughs> hodgepodge of things. Yeah. And again, Jason has seen it, you know, but it's just various figures and things that interest me, you know. Yeah. So um and it's a pain in the ass to dust. So um, but yeah, so we'll put up a picture of that too, and uh you can see it all. All right, questions for me. Uh, Jason, do you bring up your model making painting when teaching your art students? Yeah. Once in a while I do. And they think I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'll show them a picture. Uh, there was a while back when I was at the elementary school, they would do this thing called, uh, where they would bring in artists and stuff, uh, to demo to the kids. And I did that a couple years showing them the model kits and stuff. And they loved it. They have like, it was pretty cool to see. They have no idea a lot of times that I did some of that stuff. So I do bring it up once in a while. Uh, do they know of your involvement in the hobby? No. And I'm trying, some did. And then I just had to block my Instagram account for a little bit because I was getting inundated. Cause now I teach junior high and they're all over that. So some do, some don't, um, they haven't found this podcast yet. Um, and they will, I know they will. Uh, did you start out being an artist when you, and then Hold on. Can I interrupt you for a moment? Yeah, go ahead. What, what, uh, <clears throat> was it two years ago or three years ago? You actually had a little after school program where you, uh, oh, yeah. got some donations and, yeah, definitely. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I, I started a thing after school at, 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 uh, elementary. It was three years ago, four years ago called Model Club. 
And I did. I, I wrote out to a bunch of different companies. Oh, I got a ton of stuff from Testers Krylon. And I, was, I went and bought a ton of model kits. People donated a ton of money. And I wanted to do it again. Scott donated models. Kits. Yep. And uh, it was awesome. Kids loved it. I would do that again, but I would do it with less kids. They were all building different things at different times, and it was, was chaos, but it was fun. And one kid did that rat thing. That was just a riot. Yeah, he did a good rapping. <laughs> it was a riot. Um, uh, did you start out being an artist and then went to modeling or vice versa? Uh, vice versa. I started in kindergarten. I bought my first miniature. I think I've told this story before. Uh, in kindergarten, I bought a Hydra and started painting that. And then I would build models with my dad on and off. I would try planes and it just never worked. Um, but I did miniatures all through forever. And then about 1992, and you'll see in these pictures, uh, my first kit was Screamin's Pinhead. And that's where it started from there. Did you ever build any sci-fi vehicles? uh, I tried, like some Star Wars stuff. And it just, it never stuck with me. Like, it just didn't. I I gravitated more towards miniatures because I really like fantasy, like Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. And there were no large scale models of that really like there was you know like you said there wars there's monsters and i like monsters but i really like dragons and swords and stupid shit like that but the star wars stuff if you're a if you're a nut um and you want to paint that stuff perfect and you know so that goes back to what i say too you know it's there's a 300 dollars millennium falcon kit out there that is beautiful yeah but man if i couldn't paint it to look exactly like yeah that's tough yeah and and I've seen some great work at Wonderfest that sci-fi modelers do. It's fantastic. Uh, I have heard that a lot of 2D artists gravitated to 3D mod- model painting as it gave them more freedom in expression. Uh, I I went from painting models to building like sculptures. I got to find my degree is in sculpture and it's not like figurative. It's more abstract, like HP Lovecraft kind of stuff. Um, I'll share, I'll, I'll find a picture somewhere and put it in here. Um, and that's kind of what I, I do. And I haven't done that as much as I should be lately either because of other stuff going on. But are you a collector, or a builder, both? I collect, I have a ton, just like not as many as Scott, but I have more miniatures than Scott. Um, I have a ton of stuff and I collect tons of other stupid crap too. So it's, yeah, dead stuff in jars. I got dead stuff in jars. I got vinyl records. I got toys. I got. I, I, it's just dumb. It's dumb. I need to get rid of stuff. Uh, how many have you built? And do you prefer resin to styrene? Can we see some of your buildups? So, I don't know how many I've built. I have lost track of how many I built for people. I never charged a lot, so I painted a lot of things and just sent them out the door and didn't really even. I took pictures, but back then. If I was on Facebook back then, it would have been a lot easier because I probably would have posted it or something. But I have done a lot of stuff. And here are some pictures. Uh, this is my one room that I have all of my stuff in. Uh, I have a bunch of those Detolf cases from Ikea. Which, fun What's fact. You ever worry about the weight on those? Uh, like- yeah, I try and keep it low on them. But there's a fun fact. When I was taking these pictures... One of the screws came loose on the door, and when I opened the door to the case, it fell off and crashed into the other case behind it. And sm- I thought for sure it was going to explode. And I've already had one door explode, 
like that, and it wasn't fun. But yeah, here's some of my collection of buildups, not unbuilt stuff. Although the ones the styrene kits up top, those are unbuilt. Those are all kits. Um, Look at that Jaeger sculpt. Yeah, see, two Jaeger sculpt. See more than you thought. Well, you're piling them on. <laughs> how many uh, do you have? Uh, how many do uh, do I prefer resin to styrene? Uh, I do prefer resin to styrene. Although I'm kind of getting back into styrene monster models, but miniatures now are all plastic, so I always go with that. How about vinyl to resin? Do you have a preference there? I like, like vinyl. Like I like vinyl. Too. I do like vinyl, but I still like resin better. Resin or vinyl, I always end up slicing my finger really bad. Although the one time I needed stitches was from a resin kit that I drove to the hospital smoking afterwards and holding my thumb so I didn't pass out. Smoker. I always love the asthma guys that smoke. Oh, I know. I, so it's almost, it's over 10 years now, I think, that I quit. So okay. I'm, uh, I'm looking at a lot of your kits, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> okay. And uh, there's a lot here. I mean, you've built a lot just just here in your own and i've been in here but i didn't realize it was extensive. yeah there's a lot and there's some miniatures in there too because when i went in there i wanted out as quick as i could because i didn't know you know my <laughs> i didn't want to end up in a jar so i had um, to move all this stuff basically from the city down to this new house and it took forever and i broke a bunch of stuff and i didn't fix like a couple of my afm pieces i have to fix uh i broke my oip from future so i have to repaint that and it's moving sucks, man, when you're a collector. It's the worst. Hey, but I'm going through here and you actually have some kits that I have, which is surprising because our tastes are so different. And I wonder what's for AFM or what's what was for other things. Most of that was for myself. Like the ones I, for AFM. I, I see the Catwoman and Batgirl thing. That was for AFM. And I was going to say, yeah, it don't look like something you'd get. No, but I yeah, wouldn't. Right no. That, there's a uh, Venom and a Spider-Man. That's all mine. Those are, those are mine. Is there a Green Goblin in there, too? No. Okay. It's, it's hard because they're small. Um, the McVeigh Frankenstein up top. Um, I love that piece. I love that thing. I, you know what? I love the original where he was holding an ice cream cone. <laughs> and it was called, uh, I don't know, it's called something else. I forgot what it was. Uh, his final okay. question. Do you guys really hate each other? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. 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 I, I have no idea why I do this for no money. Okay. He's a scumbag. What? What? <laughs> yes, he's betrayed me on more than one occasion. Okay. <laughs> The only thing that keeps him around is he hasn't crawled in bed with me yet. So um, good to know. <laughs> and if he does, it's going to take about three years to wipe the smile off his face. <laughs> so, okay. All um, right. Phil, we have an email from Phil. From Phil, Phil the Kuka. birthday boy. Phil, the birthday boy. Uh, this is way back from episode 13. So lucky 13. Here it is. Better late than never. Main subject, the future of the hobby. The one thing I see is definitely happening is the increase in 3D printing and the creation of sale and sale of STL files. This is the biggest uh, next phase in the hobby. Like having a hard copy of a magazine like AFM. Uh, I like obtaining a model kit, packing and all. And like Scotty pointed out, if we want to hear to alter a figure, how hard will that be? The first 3D print I bought on eBay was a piece of crap. I don't know what you call the little printing imper imperfections, but the kit I got, 
was a poor man's scurf fink. There was no way I could sand all those suckers off in the detailed areas. Yeah, see, that was one of the that you build up that they don't do that anymore if you get the resin printer. Um, so there it will sit on my shelf to remind me that I'm going to buy an already printed kit to scrutinize the quality of the sh uh, print. Uh, asking sellers to send good photos of the kit. I have picked up a couple really good printed figures that I had no problems with. Didn't have to sand at all. Will there ever come a time when kits will stop being produced or no more STL files created? Our friend Kurt Krauss and I had this conversation. We both agree. The hobby will still live on. We'll just continue building the stash of kits we accumulated over the years. Or Scotty will think about building those kits. Uh, I'm <laughs> going through these. Uh, I like on the road with Jason because Scotty Scott don't go nowhere segment. If you ever get <laughs> on the road to Minneapolis, Minnesota, check out Scale Mod Model Supply. Uh, there's even a White Castle hamburgers less than a block away. Um, there's a there's a White Castle less than a block away from me too, Phil. There's one like less than a block away from my house too. Yep. So. Uh, but I gave up. I have not had White Castle in three years because. Uh, every time I would eat it, I would go, please don't ever let me eat this again afterwards. And then <laughs> Jamie is holding me to that. And so I have not gotten it. Um, which I think I need it. I miss it. Um, scale yeah, model no. supply. I've heard that from other people. So I definitely want to, I'll get that on here one day. Scotty is in curse of the werewolf. Leon never sees his mother because she dies giving birth to him. That's we correct. About it before. Uh, put a bug in David and Terry's ear to someday print a pictorial of past AFM article photos and or some other great builds. I think that's a great idea. They should make a book of every build that's ever been in the magazine and sell it. Like the AFM, like, what do you call it? Compendium? You don't need sure. the articles, just the beauty shot that David used for the magazine. How cool would that be? Like a coffee table book. I always think there should be a farewell issue too, at some point. Yeah, so. um, you're number one fan, Phil. Another one from Phil. Mark. You hear that Charlie Robson? Yeah, there's a fight. Mark Kalen's been around the hobby for a long time. He contributed uh, a lot to it until your interview with him. I never knew that he was the one who made the base for the Billiken predator. We can learn something by watching Model Club TV. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, sure. He helped me out with a project or two, and he is one of the fellow Oregonians that join our Portland area swamp meet gatherings. In part of your interview with him, you talked about the strange place modelers work on kits. My contribution is when, when my kids were young, I used to bring the figure kits into to their soccer practices and games to clean up, seam lines, sculpt, missing detail, etc., while watching the kids try to connect with the soccer ball. Really, I did look up once in a while. Man, kids' soccer games are the worst. Oh, my God. They're the worst. It, it, it's like watching the Lord of the Rings movies. Dude, they're the worst. You, yeah. I hate you. I ignore that. Oh, I got, I got Lord of the Rings on 4K. Yeah, you sent me the thing. I know. Scotty, did you ever send in your vote for Quisp or Quake? I didn't. At the time, it would have been Quake because okay. I liked Quake. However, as time has gone by, I think I like Quisp better. I... The cereal tasted the same. It was just the same. What the one guy write to you? Goop. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in goop. Um, so over time, I would say 
Quisp would probably be my choice, but at the time I liked Quake. I don't know why. So, all right. One last comment. Many people know that I have sculpted a number of bases for figure kits. Can you put a shout out and ask if there is a need for bases and for what kit? So, if anyone is needing a base for a kit and you would like Phil to sculpt you one, let us know or contact Phil Kupka. Two photos from Phil, but wait, I have to attach two couple photos. Two covers of Space Ranger, my all-time favorite comic book character. Phil, I would like to know why Space Ranger is your favorite. That's send me that email next. Well, the problem is it's so obscure for him to get them all. Yeah, um, it's uh, you'd have to get a listing of all the comics because, as you can see, he didn't have his own. Um... Here's our email from Spike. Well, that's not even an email. It was a clubhouse. PM email. Yes. Clubhouse PM. Okay. So we got it. And these are some really good questions. We're going to try and do these fast. Um, but these a are lightning round. Yeah. Lightning round. Points related, are double. Uh, related to your YouTube uploads. What other names were considered for your channel? There weren't any because two, morons. <laughs> two, two jackasses. That's pretty good. <laughs> two morons. We're now Model considering morons. new names. We are now considering morons. Yeah. Model morons. Dude, why didn't we call it Model Morons? I don't know. We can always change it. We can. Uh, when someone comes to reclaim their rights to this show, we can do that. Um, there were no other names because it was based off the contest we were doing called Model Club. And when we did the thing for Wantafest, we kept it Model Club because we couldn't have our contest. And so we decided to just stick with this. So no other names, but I like Model Morons better <laughs> I'm a genius. Next. Uh, what video editor do you use? Would you recommend it? Uh, and what's the ballpark cost? I use Filmora 10 is the latest version of Filmora. There is a free version of it. The I went ahead and bought the pay version and it's like $75 and it's fantastic. Um, it's simple enough to where I can use it. There is a, I was thinking about getting uh, uh, must not be any math involved. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. The pro version that's more expensive does some better things, which I'm still considering once we get um, further down your questions. Um, but I was able to do some of the pro things with audio in OBS, which is the capture thing that I use for the show. But it's Filmora 10. Check it out. It works really well. What microphone do you use? I use a Rode pod mic and I use a Rode boom mic. Scott uses Yeti, a Yeti, a blue Yeti uh, mini. I yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He uses a, See, I do Yeti. believe in Bigfoot. I have a Yeti mic. <laughs> uh, that's what we use. And what camera would you recommend? Um, so I have the, I use what logic do you have a Logitech? I have a Logitech. I have I'm all, I have three cameras that I use for my setup. I have a Brio for my really good one. I have another decent Logitech. You can't go wrong with Logitech. It's the C920s, I think, are the best. Yes, that's what I have, the okay, C920. Um, yeah, those are actually pretty good. If you're just looking for a cheap webcam, that's the way. There's a couple. There's a new one out that I want to try, actually. Uh, I have to look that up. But This comes with a uh, microphone. Yeah, that does have a microphone on it. And it's not bad. It's just it's not as good as no. this. Yep. But, yep. Uh, anything else you need to start creating, uploading your own videos? Uh, OBS. Look talent up. 
That was I'm Scott. sorry. I thought that this was, was a lightning that round. Was Scott, not me. Okay. Um, you need OBS. Uh, that can help you a lot. You don't need that. You could just record and edit. If you're trying to do live streams, you need OBS. But if you're just recording, you do it straight in Filmora. A lot of people record with a DSL camera, DSLR camera. Um, but there's a lot more to that. I would get a webcam first just to see if you like doing it. it Help us OBS. It you're our only hope. It's up time. Um, what really made you start doing these above and beyond the build-up competition? Why did we start doing this? I ask myself that question every single episode. I think because... <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this for no money. Okay. <laughs> but the hope is one day... We'll make some money. <laughs> sure, we will. Yeah, we're gonna win the lottery, dude. Too. When we get that first check from an advertising thing from YouTube, we'll I win the lottery just... too. Yeah, yeah, that worked. Uh, no, what what made us start doing this? I think our conversations that me, Scott, and Steve used to have, um, were funny. And I thought, I'm like, this would make a good show because I listen to a lot of stupid podcasts. And I'm like, we could. There's not really. I don't think there's any Garage Kit podcasts. So. That's where it came from. And that's how we started. I'm like, let's just try it. And if it's ridiculous, we don't do it anymore. But here we are, 15 episodes later. Uh, do you think we'll need to upgrade any of your hardware software choices going forward? Or do you think you should work fine with the medium long term? Um, yes. I've already upgraded like four things. There's a bunch of other things I want to eventually upgrade. But yeah, there's always new stuff to buy. Bought a new chair. Yeah, I bought a new chair too. Like, there's even like the stupid, I use a focus, these audio things that I've had to buy over the time. I mean, once you start digging, it's a whole, it's just like model kits. You can keep buying crap forever. Um, on average, how long does it take to add a, and add effects and picks to each video? About an hour. <laughs> See, Scott has no idea how long it takes to edit or add anything because when this part's over, he's done and I do the rest. So it takes, it takes a couple days of me sitting down and going through and adding and editing, not full days, but after work of working until midnight, the next day, usually, uh, after, and then uploading is a pain in the butt. That takes a long time. Uh, shame because with my talent, I could really add some to the word balloons and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> converting files into MP3s and MP4. It's. It takes a lot. I mean, there's a lot of work afterwards that Scott doesn't appreciate because he doesn't. Um, <laughs> is it true that Peter Jackson asked Scott to star in his next film and Scott turned him down? That's yes, that's true. Why is it only two white dudes presenting? When do we get some diversity? I'll admit that Jason in his skirt is a move in that direction. Um, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Because Okay. Uh, we had Steve on the first few Couple episodes he's mexican and steve is yeah steve is hispanic and uh yeah so uh yeah stop trying to cause trouble um okay. i could get my friend che on he's yeah. a black gay so uh, uh yeah we love everybody dude, i mean seriously how many african-americans are in our hobby that is a good question and, and um this does seem like a dumb white guy hobby it, it does. I mean, I, you know, obviously we have George and George has introduced a friend of his, Daryl, uh, that uh, lives in Matson, not too far from us, actually. And yeah. um, 
you know, I know he was enjoying painting some busts and stuff for a while. Um, you know, our friend Drew that helps run the model, you know. So I mean, it's yeah, it, it's out there, you know. But it, it's uh, yeah, it is always one of those things. And George's story about his first Wonderfest cracks me up too. Yeah. Um, but um, I, it would I be cool because I'm good. sure there's 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 talented individuals out there that don't even know this hobby exists. And that so. brings me back to to my model club at school. 90% of those kids were African-American. I teach, that's the kids I teach all day long. And they love it. When I show them some things, they're like, oh, that's cool. And I think a lot of them would be totally into it. They just don't know about it. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe if we, I, I don't know, the people that replace us, I'll be training them in model building. Question 1.11. Yes, it does. How long do you think it will take Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Apple, and Amazon to hunt you down and disenfranchise you? It's coming. <laughs> Not that long. Not that long at all. Uh, fave reviewer of Model Club TV. That would be who, Scott? Uh, Trevor. Yeah. yeah, Trevor does a great job. We love well, Spike's review. Spike's review is yeah, better Spike's than the show best. itself. It actually. Is. actually, it is. <laughs> it really is. Uh, what would be the very last kit, built or unbuilt, you would sell if you were desperate for cash? I don't know if I could narrow one down. I could probably do 10, but I don't know that I could narrow one down. Um, only because there's things I know I could get again, so I would sell. So things I have that I know would be next to impossible to get again. Um, some of the Mike Park stuff, some of the Janice stuff. Yeah, I would say Janice, a lot of my Janice stuff. I would say a lot of my future stuff. Mm-hmm. My OIP, I'll never sell that. Ever. Um, and it's not built right now. What would you get rid of in order to not sell that last kit? Jason Walker. (laughs) (laughs) I would get rid of a lot of the doubles I have. I have a lot of doubles, especially in styrene. Um, That would be my first go-to to get rid of stuff if I needed money. Uh, who is your absolute favorite sculptor? Just based on the amount of kits I have that he sculpted, I'd probably have to say Jeff. Uh, I'm a Takaya Nirasawa, the Japanese guys. So, but I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. I like Tony Cipriano. Yeah. Um, I like Sam Greenwell a lot. Like, I love his stuff. And um, you can see the difference between us, like right there. Right there, huh? Right there, just the difference yeah. between us. But yeah, Cipriano for sure and Jaeger. Um, I like their stuff. Uh, favorite genre of kits? Babes, classic monsters, modern monsters, monsters in general, military figures, vehicles, you know what? Yes. No, classic horror for me and um, cartoon stuff. I'm an original design kind of. Like, I like original stuff. Uh, mm. And more horror. More horror related. Uh, how many predator kit predator kits do each of you own? Zero. One. 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 Used to be two. The how house alien? plastic one. How many aliens do you have? Uh, I have alien pile from future. I have the alien newborn from future. I have the alien warrior from future. Uh, I have an Atakaya alien. A queen alien. Maybe five or six. Wow. 
I've never had an alien kit either. And it's not that I hated the design. And yes, I've seen the movie. Um, <clears throat> I just, I don't know. I just got so sick of them. And I had a Billiken Predator for years, but I, I think I sold it to somebody. Um, He's, <laughs> I forgot this part. He said, careful with your answer. It may result in me blocking you. So I, <laughs> you have zero Predators. I have one. It's one of those things I knew I could never paint. That's part of it, too. Predators yeah. are hard. Uh, favorite part of building a kit? Prep, customizing, painting dioramas, and a various subjects. What's your favorite part? Painting, probably. I like building. It sounds weird. I totally. Yeah, like I, I don't like seeming. Um, I really, I like building. I like, I'm liking painting more than I've gotten away from my airbrush. And I do everything by brush now, for the most part. That changed my feelings a lot recently. Uh, what bugs you most about the hobby community besides people asking inane questions? Jason Walker. What bugs me most? Um, I miss the way the hobby used to be. Um, where it was more of a, it was more of a community. It wasn't as fra fragmented or, you know, I, so I, I miss the early days. I miss the way it was when it was more of a everybody together type thing. I, I do miss those days. So I guess what I don't like about it is the fragmentation that that's occurred for whatever reason. I, all right. I'm going to try and be, I think what bugs me the most is that people forget they're painting stupid model kits of monsters and they think they're like amazing. And that's like, we're all doing something so dumb. And to think that, it's anything more than that. It's cool, but come on, we're painting dumb things and we love it, but that's how we, I don't know how to make this. I could say a lot, but I would get in, people would not be happy with me. I might have to edit that out anyway. We're trying to be happy people. We're trying to be happy people. I have an angry side. I do not. What's the biggest regret related to the hobby? Getting involved in this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's a regret and a joy at the same time, I think. Um, biggest regret? You know, there's a few kits that for years I wanted, but I think I eventually hunted them all down. Um, I guess some of the regrets would be, man, not buying doubles of some of this stuff um, back in the day as an investment. but. I don't think garage kits were ever meant to be an investment. So it's, I, I still don't. Yeah. I think, I think I said it earlier. My biggest regret is being a commission painter and missing out on all that time for myself. I think that's my biggest regret. Look at this soul searching. God. And I guess my biggest regret would be, if I had to honestly look at it, is not just sitting down and taking the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's still uh, time. Other favorite TV shows from when you were younger. Give me two from when I was really little land of the lost and captain kangaroo, Batman, banana splits. I like that too. I like the banana splits. I did like the banana splits. Um, there was a local show on here that evolved into giggle snort hotel, but it was BJ and dirty dragon. And I loved that when I was yeah, a kid. So, we talked about that before. I love that show. That's a Chicago yep. thing. But as far as real well-known, you know, Stuff that went into syndication. Um, 
definitely like the Adams family and Batman monsters. You know, like I remember monsters. coming home to watch yeah. monsters and lost in Sp- space on TV. I actually liked the monsters better than the Adams family back then because they looked like the universal monsters. Okay. Yeah. Where in time I've discovered the Adams family was a much better show. And, um, so uh, they're too different. But they're different, yeah. but it's um but yeah, so but Batman for sure. Uh favorite genre of movies. And I always like the James Bond movies for some reason. Yeah. I don't like the newer ones, but all the Sean Connery ones, and I kinda like the Daniel Craig ones, although they're not as good as the first few. So I like I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for swords and sorcery movies, as you would know. Like but I like everything. Like, it's weird. I like weird stuff. Weird. Weird. That's a genre. Weird movie. Well, in, in high school, I read all the Conan books. Yeah, see, like Conan movies. And Beastmaster. Beastmaster. The, the Conan movie was so bad. It was just so bad. Get over it. It was bad. Second one. Not the first one. Favorite mm-hmm. genre of TV. I think if I'm watching TV comedy i'm a huge yeah, i'm a sitcom sitcom comedy guy for the most part um uh most hated genre of movies slasher and possession movies i don't like movies about possession i don't like slasher movies because you're scared why what, i don't what? i don't like to be are scared, you scared? It, this is oh, what's you funny. are scary okay everybody thinks oh you like horror movies no i don't like horror movies i don't like being scared and like a slasher movie, I don't like the frustration of people doing dumb shit, and that's why you're going to die. <laughs> okay? Use your fucking brain. Okay? I'll leave this uh, knife here on the table while I look in this closet. No. Better have that fucking knife in your hand and stab that motherfucker. Okay? <laughs> it's, so, yeah. It, it, it's... I, but, no, I don't like to be scared. I don't... Something like Jaws, I could deal with. You know, the... Uh, Flash scare, or what did they call those back Jump then? scare. Jump scare, yeah. You know, I didn't mind that to a point, but even that's not, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, that being said, listening to my wife watch those is a treat in itself because just hearing her go, Jesus Christ, in the <laughs> other room because something scared her. What other hobbies do you have? Scott, any other hobbies? Used to collect comic books. I collect trade paperbacks of the comics I used to collect now and hardcovers. Still like comic books. Uh, classic comic. I don't like any of the new stuff. It's it's really like horror. It's it's like classic horror. I love classic horror, but I hate new stuff. Um, comics are the same way for me. After about 1990, I, I think. Um, yeah, I've read some stuff, you know, in there that's good, but for the most part, for me, it, it lost the magic. But um, I still love the magic of the 60s, 70s, Marvel comics. Love that stuff. So, uh, uh, My other hobbies. Arguing with people on the internet. And I collect vinyl. I collect some toys. Video games more than anything. But <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, Scott, have you ever borrowed one of my skirts? No. No. Uh, no, uh, they'd be too big on me. I'm skipping that one. He wants to know what your chosen pronoun is. Lord Emperor. <laughs> That's mine. You son of a bitch. Uh, what are next week's winning lottery numbers? Three, 35, 41, 61, 62. Uh, Mega Ball 25. There you go. If that wins, 
Wars. Uh, well, that was the first one on last week's that I bought. So if that wins, we're going to go viral like in a hurry. Okay. Well, I'm going to say. Uh, suggestions, ideas. Remind people of the spreadsheet idea that Scott showed. Scott, remind people of your spreadsheet. Uh, yeah, my spreadsheet um, for kit inventory. Still out there, I believe. Anyone's interested, uh, we can get it to you. Yeah, we'll get the link there. We'll send an email. A spreadsheet for model kit inventory. Uh, yeah. Uh, start using content-appropriate thumbnails when uploading rather than the same Model Club TV logo. I have thought about that, and I want to fix that. The only thing is, it just adds more time, and it's so much easier to keep it as the same logo every time. But I hear you on that. Um, uh, not that people in the hobby are particularly good-looking, but when showing pics... <laughs> of kids, etc. instead of putting them over the top of the participants temporarily move the participant windows to the left of the screen and reduce sides means you can leave the pickup for more than more of the time it is being discussed. So this is a big one and I wanted to get into this and I know we're really long, but doing that stuff sounds easier than it actually is for me to move. So we're going from zoom to another thing and then I'm editing afterwards the pictures in later. So I can't move the windows like this right now is recorded. These two pictures. And then I add the pictures later. The other problem with pictures is unless it is 10, 20, 1920 by what is it? 1920 by 1080, 1080 by 1920. If it's not that 1920 by 1080, if the picture is not that resolution or is that size, it does not fill up the full screen. So when people send us pictures, or if we find pictures, they may only be big enough to fit right there in the middle and that's it. So I can't on the fly move the videos to put up pictures. It has to kind of overlay it. And the reason like we would put it over us, if it was a, if it's a, if everything was perfect, everything would be the right resolution to fill the whole screen and it would work that way. But since it can't, because it, depending on what people send us pictures of or an as it changes. What I do want to do, though, is I have been kicking around the idea of changing the layout and trying to find a better way to do that when we do have guests, like maybe put us down the side and have pictures in the center and do something like that and work on the layout. It's something that's on my mind. It's just been pushed to the back while I'm learning everything else. So layout and format is definitely needs to be worked on. And I get that. And the pictures for being up for long, like. When I'm editing together, it always seems like it's long enough, but then everyone's like, leave the picture up longer. Um, I, I would I agree with leaving the picture up longer yeah. when I watch them. You know, but who am I to criticize? Because I don't do it either way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes I think, hey, leave that picture up there. For me, so. it feels like it's too long. Or if we stop talking about it, I don't think the picture should be there. So it's, it's a weird, I want, I want to work on that. I, I am Excuse trying. me. It's late I'm, here. I'm boring him. Uh, maybe add a short movie review to some episodes. We kind of did that today. Um, you could then also show pics, details of related kits that go with that movie. Yeah, I I like that idea. Of course, that means Scott will have to watch something outside of King Kong. Boom, Spike. Thank you. That was extensive and awesome. Our final emails are here from CG Blade and CG. Ta um has been sending me a lot of stuff. And so I don't want to go through all of this, but I do want to put CG has some pretty cool books and kits coming out. And I want to do this. 
Good evening, gentlemen. I'm a fan of the show and a modeler from you know where. Way back when your mom would throw all away all of your Aurora kits because, because you decided to go to the Navy, serve our great country, and they turned your room into a hot tub time machine for their empty nesting sexual pleasure. Wow. Yeah, wow. Erasing the brain's visual marker from 1980. Anyway, I've included some images from my now writing and craft room, although it's nothing like yours and Scott. I've been dis- disabled since I ejected out of a jet and broke my back some years ago, 27 surgeries later. Since then, I have built some resin kits and, of course, the old Mobius and Aurora Repops, and as well, writing 12 novels so far in the Pseudoverse series. This week will mark the coming of the first resin kit from my novel series, with three more on the way. I've included images of Crimson, uh, the work in progress within a cat pick, and I will expound upon that on a later date. Take care, and I hope both of you thank both of you for this podcast. It will grow bigger by word of mouth, and there are plenty of us knuckleheads left from the 70s who love this art form. Thank God for Geronimo and Shikes. We now have Terry Webb to thank, and you, after I've talked to the charming, generous, and charismatic Terry Webb, you should call this episode the Webcast Files. I think he would like a little nod to the X-Files. So CG has sent up. He's got, first of all, I'm going to put up all of his web information here. He's linked to, he put up a little link to our page on his, and thank you for that so much. Um, he's got a series of novels called The Pseudoverse, with kits coming out from all the different books. The stories behind these kits and the ones to come are very lengthy and have to do with two famous sci-fi writers, Philip K. Dick and Ray Nelson. I owe Ray my life as a writer. He mentored me in, my, in writing my first novel. I'm fairly certain you've seen They Live and Blade Runner. Well, Ray and I slipped in 50 Easter eggs into that first novel, novel Cobalt, and also the cover art from and front and back of Everyday Novel after that. If you're a fan of rock music, which I think you are, there are links in every book to which take you to videos that are playing in the book series. So needless to say, writing these is hard, arduous work that even greater with eight screwed up vertebrae. Take care and do that. So uh, he's got an Etsy store. He's got also his Pseudoverse uh, books are available. CG looks like he has about four model kits coming out. Um, they look pretty cool. And if I, I like that someone's taking their stories and making 3D representations of that. That's it's got some good stuff, but he does have some questions for us. So, uh, I have a couple questions for the next episode. If you need some ammo, Scott, how did you become such a fan of Kong? I don't know. I, I think it was because if you look at the movie, it's a, it's a heartstring tugger. Okay. It really is. You're rooting for Kong at the end. I always love the looks of it. King Kong movie posters. I'm not a fan of some of them are okay, but I was never a fan of like, you know, the actual movie poster um, where some of the universal posters, the Frankenstein and the mummy, the universal mummy poster was beautiful. But um, I, I don't know why I got so into the King Kong thing. And I think it's just a question of right time, right place, watching it. And uh, it just really, you know, I, I really liked it. And, you know, I loved Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein and all those almost as well. Okay, but King Kong to me is is a classic um, movie. Not only just you know, I don't even call it a horror movie. So I I don't know. I don't know yeah. what you call it. How many King Kong models do you have finished and unfinished? Well, I have one finished, and that was my um, display model for um, the kit that I produced. Um, and I have twenty eight unfinished King Kong models. 
You got to get the 30. Hey, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, Jason, do you like building and painting miniatures more than one eighth, one six scale figure models? No, I wouldn't say I like doing it more. It's just, I love Warhammer stuff and I don't even play the games that much. I just, that fantasy space fantasy and regular fantasy stuff. I like the designs better than what I find in model kits these days. So that's why I kind of gravitated towards that. Can you paint one of those quicker than you can a one six? No, scale? no, I can't. So it's, it's pretty much it's the pretty same much work. The same. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if there were to be an actual Warhammer 40 K game and you were involved, who would you like to play against? Um, I would like to play against Scott. We should have a Warhammer 40k game. I'll build up two teams. I got an army at works I'm working on and an army of Nurgle guys, and we'll actually learn how to play. Come over, we'll play some 40k. Yeah. I'm not allowed at his house. He talks all this shit, but I'm not allowed at his house. So thanks, sort. CG, again, for everything. Um, we'll get those pictures up. We got them up. And keep writing me, everybody. Keep writing me. Scott, do we have any corrections? We That's do. our emails. What are our corrections? Well, we have a correction that Michael uh, Berglund that did these kits and calendar that I did also sculpted that Mobius um, conga kit that we showed last episode. Oh, cool. You okay. Give him credit for that. So um, there you go. He's got that um, going. And an apology to my stepdaughter and uh, that guy that I have all the list against. Um, I haven't got their thing hanging up yet, but I did get a frame for it because I mentioned I wanted to reframe it. So it should be up by next episode, guys. Sorry about cool. that. Well, that's it, Scott. I think we're good. The email episode. That's it. Um, hey, real quick, too. I, I forgot to mention this, and have you watched anything? And I was sitting here one night, and there was a Dick Van Dyke show came on. And it was called The Man From My Uncle was the name of the episode. And it was real quick. It's an episode where... The police want to come in and observe his neighbor across the street and all that. And of course, Dick Van Dyke's an idiot and all that. So they want to look from the kid's room, Richie's room. And, you know, Richie's a conveniently off at camp or something. And anyway, so when they go into Richie's room, there's Aurora models all over the place. Oh, really? So there's a Bride of Frankenstein, there's a guillotine, there's a wolfman, there's a stallion kit. There's a weirdo of some sort kit. Um, there's a King Kong, I noticed. I think I saw a mummy as well. And at the end of the episode, you even see uh, Mary Tyler Moore picks up, I believe, the Bride of Frankenstein and the King Kong and goes over and puts them on a shelf. Oh, nice. So it was just kind of cool. I always like seeing model kits in TV shows. Yeah, and, and they weren't like painted that. and they weren't, you know, um, but it was just cool. There they were, you know, and yeah. there was also a couple, I think it was an Uncle Fester and another Adams Family puppet on the wall as well like you know just nailed to the wall in the room so it was just kind of cool <laughs> to see like when that was made and yeah let's just throw these in here these will be fun and yeah the guillotine you know so <laughs> and you know they had no prominence in the episode but it was cool seeing it. so it was called uh if you look it up the name of the episode is the man from my uncle okay. and um but i don't know what season what episode it was but it was just kind of cool to see him in there. So, going back one last thing, start watching the boys. The boys. I watch what? the boys a lot. When you get to be my age, you want to make sure the boys are okay. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone.